after a weekend chock full of professional wrestling, after a day chock full of professional wrestling, after a show 14 matches, 15 matches long, we are here to bring it all home. We're going to be talking AEW All Out. We're going to hit on NXT Worlds Collide, and we're going to carry you into your Monday morning if you're here on the East Coast with us um, in the best attitude that we can after watching hours of professional week wrestling over the entire weekend. I'm your host for the evening, Michael Wiseman. This is the Wrestling Inc. post-game show for AEW All Out 2022, Monday, September 5th, early in the morning. I am joined by two wonderful, wonderful co-hosts this evening. Of course, the lovely Isa. Welcome, Isa. No, welcome to you. I'm so happy to talk some wrestling. Let's get it. Let's get it done. We're talking more than just some. We're talking a, a lot of wrestling night. And of course, we have <laughs> the original proprietor of Wrestling Inc., the man, Raj Geary, making an appearance tonight. Welcome, Raj. Thank you. That was uh, always fun doing these. Love to have you here. And if you are joining us this late, we love to have you all out there as well. Please know the chat room is open on whatever platform you are joining us on. Um, we have the super chats wide open, so get those out there. We will get to as many questions and comments as we can all throughout the evening. My co-host said, take us as long as we need to go, Michael. So we're going to be here until Raw tomorrow night, I think, to cover all 17, 18 matches that aired today. So we got a, a uh, wild it's not, ride. It's not, not that long. Not that long. <laughs> not that long. Oh, there are <laughs> Oh, uh, and, and Aaron, Nick calling out um, Issa with the scarf, which is a nod to, uh, yeah, a little something that happened on quite a newsworthy AEW All Out show. Um, I just want to do a quick check in. Issa, Raj, I'm going to start with you, Issa, because I know you've been doing post-game shows and everything else. Weekend full of wrestling. We're to the end of it. How did you feel about your Labor Day weekend being spent in front of the couch? <laughs> in front of the in front of the camera, actually, because I live stream watch alongs, but I, 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 it felt weird because we did get a couple of weeks where there was no pay per views, and I was starting to get weirded out by the fact that my weekends were so free. <laughs> it was probably because this weekend was coming up. I don't mind it. It did become a little bit overwhelming. Like I had to watch a portion of World's Collide at the gym because I'm like, if I don't do it this way, I'm not gonna have life. But yeah, I'm happy. It was fun. And there's a story here in Puerto Rico right now, so I would have been sitting at home anyways. Well, please be safe and uh, let us know if there's anything you need. But yeah, like wrestling takes over. You got when you're planning your workouts around pro wrestling shows, that's when you know that number one, you don't have a life. But number two, there's a lot of pro wrestling on Raj. I know you've been traveling and all over the place, but um, a lot of great shows this weekend happening and, you know, maybe some mixed reactions to them. Um, how is your weekend looking and how are you feeling coming this Sunday night, Monday morning? I mean, I like I loved Clash at the Castle yesterday. I know some people were not happy with Roman winning. I thought it was the right decision the person that beats him uh it's going to mean that much more when roman gets beaten i i thought uh i thought the pay-per-view tonight was i thought it was fun as hell it was really in uh, a fun show but um some stuff fell flat like i thought uh mjf uh i i was expecting something gigantic when he came out and i felt like it was kind of eh it uh a little flat but i thought uh i thought it was a outside of that i thought it was a really good show mjf is the biggest homemade star that aew has created in my opinion and uh i just think the the crowd was tired by that point and uh it didn't it didn't get that massive reaction that i was expecting that it would get but i, I thought it was a really good show from what i saw and I, I i and i joined in from the acclaimed match not uh from the beginning I think that the um, 
NJF return reactions suffer a little bit from the same issue that I have with the Kenny Omega return, Raj. And the thing that it, with that is that when Justin Roberts started doing the announcing before the music hit, you knew who was coming out. And I personally think that affects the pop. You get a video package, you hear the, the phone call from Tony Khan, you know exactly who's coming out. If they would have done the, the Joker, removing the mask, you see the back of his head and then moving on to the video packages, it would have been a complete different reaction because i'm with you it should have been bigger than that and and i and i had a crit i critiqued that with the omega because once justin robert started reading you know who it was they should have hit the music and then let justin robert go into introducing it's just little details i i think those little details add up right because those, those things you mentioned isa i think they even started off at the beginning of the show tonight with the battle royale the ladder match and the way they presented him out the gate. We'll get to that here in just a second. But there's little things that if you would tighten it up and we look back, and I know we're not covering Clash of the Castle for this show. Glad to hear your reaction to it, Raj. I thought it was a great show from top to bottom. So if you didn't watch it, y'all go check it out. And then, of course, check out our post-game show from yesterday as well. But that show was a tight show. It was three hours. It was, you know, just one of these wonderful, like, and three and a half maybe. But it was just... The production elements were perfect. The story elements were perfect. And even if you didn't agree with the finishes of certain matches, the way they told those stories still felt very connected. And um, I, I still think AEW just struggles a smidge with some of that detail-oriented stuff. And I'll add in here, and and Tony Fair, if I'm sorry if I got your name wrong, with the Super Chat, all out was, I don't know what that was. I don't know what I just watched. Like, here, watch wrestling matches that mean nothing. Sorry, that was bad. I wouldn't say we get to Allison Tuckwap. Hello, Wrestling Geek family. Well, welcome, Allison. Glad to have you here. Go ahead, Raj. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was bad. It was. I thought it was a good show. Um, uh, it was. I, I, I thought it was lacking in in some in some spots, but I, I thought it was. I thought it, overall it was. Uh, I thought it was a good show. It wasn't perfect, and there was matches in there that didn't matter. That could have been an email. When by that I mean on Rampage or Dynamite. <laughs> A little bit overcrowded, I, you know. Right? I think I mean, that's a pacing yeah. issue, not a bad show, though, right? I, I, and you know, and I, I hate doing the WWE versus AEW stuff, and I try to avoid that. But you know, I thought Clash at the Castle last yesterday was one of the best PLEs, pay per views, whatever you want to call it, in just a long time. Like where yeah, there's so many WWE shows where you have a hot crowd for like three of the twelve matches, but this was one of those shows where they were hot for like eight of the nine it was just hot it was fun it was just just nuts the whole time and you just don't see that every day so uh so once you've seen that the day before this this was not in my opinion as exciting but i, I thought play devil's advocate you cannot compare a uk crowd getting a show for the first time in 30 years sixty-two thousand, mm -hmm. which was probably fifty thousand, but we'll say sixty-two thousand people compared to the ten thousand in not chicago even though they call it chicago at the now arena it's just not it's not a fair comparison show wise yes i mm -hmm. thought last night was great great wrestling no surprises, no debuts needed. They just booked a good show and you enjoyed it. But crowd-wise, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here because there's just, you, you have to compare that crowd to WrestleMania at this point, as sure. big as that event felt and as crowded as it was. It was a bigger crowd than WrestleMania, legit. And uh, I, so I was able to confirm that that was the legit number that they announced. And Fine, so I, I take it back. If, 
<laughs> that was the legit number. Yeah, it was 62,000, whatever. And uh, I don't know if this is because of uh, the, the rules they have in Cardiff about announcing attendance figures, or if this is a Triple H thing where we're not no longer doing fake numbers. But it seems uh, like it would be a Triple H. He just seems a lot more open. I mean, even the interviews you saw him doing up to and leading up to Clash of the Castle last week, he's going on morning talk shows. And I was thinking to myself, what other C-suite executive in that company, other than maybe Steph, could go out there and have those conversations? Now, he's a pro wrestler, formal on-screen character as well, which helps. But what other – could you have seen Bruce Pritchard doing that? Vince McMahon never did interviews, right? And it was just – he's a totally different kind of CEO – or COO, excuse me. Even leading into this – he was doing it for NXTs back in the day, post-game shows and everything else. So, Raj, you know, maybe it is a rule in Cardiff, but I tend to think maybe Triple H is just like, listen, we don't need to work that gimmick anymore. It's 2022, right? I think because 62,000 is an impressive number. Why lie about that? Yes. Um, uh, you're selling out, you know, WrestleMania, you're doing uh, whatever it was. It's an impressive number. You don't need to lie about it. And you still got that many fans to come into your gate, pay for your show. Like that's a bunch of money. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, look, I was, uh, I was, I was nervous always uh, thinking about what would wrestling be like once Vince left, just worrying about the stock price and, and how people would react. And it has been totally fine. So, uh, and I think Triple stock H, went up, man, right? this, Didn't stock this go up for the week afterwards, if I remember correctly, by, by a lot. Yeah. And uh, Triple H, he's just um, he's taken out a lot of the stuff that I had criticisms over, like all the repeat matches and and uh, things like that. And uh, it's just been a massive improvement. And uh, I said this earlier, um, but when he was in charge of NXT and they got their asses kicked by AEW, they were in the same building every week and they had a limited budget you weren't seeing brock lesnar and roman reigns and the or the undertake you know all the your top stars on nxt it was it was developmental even though triple h tried to act like it wasn't but it was and uh now that he's got access to all the top stars and the big budget it's a it's a different animal and uh he can be dangerous in that situation. He's showing like he's uh, he's got a great mind for the business. Tony Khan has a great mind for the business. And now we're really seeing uh, true competition, I think. And I think that's that's best for the fans. I said today earlier, I thought that the NXT Worlds Collide show was the most NXT show that I've seen since before they were on the USA network. And that, that goes back to the black and gold days. It felt like they lost something along there. And it felt like tonight that pay-per-view they delivered today that we'll get to here a little bit, that it felt like they delivered a classic triple H pay-per-view show again for NXT. So I, I, I think a great point in there. I don't want to get lost in the shuffle here. Um, we are seeing a, re, a kind of a reemergence here of WWE in a new way because of triple H being at the helm now. And that changes our perspective. So we get a lot of criticism, right? Oh, you talk about pro WWE is but AEW bad this, and that's not it. That's not it. Right. I think we all love wrestling on this panel, but WWE was in a bucket. Like it was in a hole for so long and it feels like such a drastic change and turnaround that there's a lot to praise with where they've gone with it. I think at the same time, AEW has been putting out some great wrestling products, but because I go back to last summer when they were burning and firing on all cylinders, they're not at that high that they once were. And so it's easier to nitpick that because we know what they're capable of, but we're also at the same time praising WWE for how they've improved. And it's just, 
there's no perfect scale to grading wrestling. We're just here to kind of, you know, not nitpick, but point out things and inconsistencies and help everybody understand the stories and critiques a little bit more intelligently. So there's no side at all here. Um, but I think we all want AEW to get back to where that one peak once was. Yeah. Agreed. I, I feel like this is the best period for wrestling fan standpoint because yes, but the only down point is AEW has been on a little bit of a, a slide. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not as hot as they were months ago. Um, and it's best when they're both on the ups, you know, on the uptick. And, you know, I don't know if that just happens. I feel like even back in the attitude era, it always felt like one company was going up and then the other company would start going down. And it was, you, you did have periods where they were both going up, but, uh, Usually the trajectory was like WCW was going up, WWF was going down, then WWF got caught fire. And uh, anyway, I, I hope that doesn't happen because the industry is so much better when both are doing well. I'll, I, I agree. And I'll just ask Issa. Um, I know you kind of watch everything and have a, a very like big lens perspective on everything happening out there. So Wade Barrett said earlier today, he said, hey, NXT right now feels like it's, you know, he said the exact same thing, Raj. Wrestling has its up and downs periods, shows, products, everything. They have their up and down periods as part of this business. It's just part of the game. But he said NXT right now is going on the upswing. And I felt a little bit of that. And Issa, you know, I'm going to kind of jump to you. Um your lens on this is NXT on the upswing right now, or, you know, or is he just kind of blowing hot air out there? Cause he's a company man. It felt that way, but it just felt that way this week. Uh, yeah. I went into this Tuesday thinking, I don't care about worlds collide. I probably won't watch it. And they did such an excellent job at selling worlds collide, uh, making this NXT UK people coming over, feel important. And it was the first show in which I felt maybe triple H didn't write it, but I feel like he reviewed the script. You know what I mean? And there gotcha. was there was a little bit of a difference there. Tonight felt like a bigger deal in Worlds Collide. I thought was great. I'm looking forward to see what they do with these new members of the rosters from NXT UK and these unified titles. It made some of these champions feel like a bigger deal. I thought Mandy Rose was great today. I thought this was Ron Breaker's probably best match that he's had in NXT. I mean, yeah, I mean, Wade might be onto something here. He got his hands a little bit dirty back in the NXT playground tonight for sure. So I want to get to a couple of quick super chats because people, y'all are lighting us up and I love it. Um, Stellar Justin Lopez, this pay-per-view was whack, LOL. Again, it was too damn long. The MJF stuff and acclaim match was cool, but I really should have watched House of Dragons and said, guess what? Good for you, Justin. House of Dragons will be there tomorrow evening as well. So you're covered. And then uh, Bear Hudson chiming in here. Good to see you. Waiting for Billion Dollar Raj with his money coat. (laughs) The money coat. I, I, I got it upstairs. I should I should grab it. Money <laughs> and we got one more here. Uh, if I can uh, pull it up here. Um, oh, Antonio, I'm fair. Jumping back in here. I need structure. I have ADD. Match placement throws me off. Why was that Miro match co-main? No one knows we didn't deserve that, Tony. LOL. I joking. And, and we'll talk about match structure in a minute. I think that is a challenge this company has. It's not that these are bad That's... matches. It's it's the women's match came right after a super hot tag match. And there's complaints around women's division not getting a spotlight. But look at where it fell on the card, and no wonder fans were having to need a bathroom break or a, a, a you know whatever break after that. It's not they don't want to watch the women, but Tony, come on, why did you put it right after that match, right? <laughs> yeah, and and again, it, Tony has done a great job with AEW, so uh, that out of the way, <laughs> um, yes. Sting wrestling should be a big deal. 
It shouldn't be a, a throwaway match. Like it, it felt like nothing. No one's talking about Sting wrestling. That should be a gigantic deal. He main evented the biggest WCW pay per view of all time. He's a freaking legend. And just throwing him out there every week with Darby, um, I don't feel like Darby's a bigger star than he was a year ago. And I just feel like Sting, ugh, you're just—he's just being wasted in a weird way. Hi. Much respect right. to you, Raj, but I do not want the talk of a pay-per-view being a 60-something-year-old man wrestling. That's what this is supposed to be an alternative. <laughs> like the social Vince McMahon move. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sure, like, but if you're good. if you're having him wrestle, don't you want to put him in a, a bigger position or or, or or more memorable? Not if he's gonna be pinning the young guys like he did tonight. No, I don't leave him right there. God I mean, damn it, done Issa. it for WWE before. I'm sorry, we've I done it for WWE before. Here's work. another uh, McAllen 12. Cheers to you, sir. So we could do it for AEW. <laughs> we um, CM Punk, 43 years old, facing John Moxley, 36. John Moxley in the prime of his career now, all right. But but CM Punk in his 40s. We we criticized WWE for how long for putting out 40 and 50 year olds in their main event. No criticism okay. against it because that match was great. Maybe my match of the night. Um, Sting wrestling in that co-main event. Sting, God bless him, 63 years old and. I think it's how you use them, right? It's not about age. It's about how can they go? Sting can still go. Sting could kick my ass yesterday, right? Like, that's not saying much. But you know what I mean? Like, it's about how do we use them and how do they spotlight other talents? And um, I I think I agree with you, Raj. He's not, he doesn't feel like a big deal like he once did. But also, I don't think this match did him any favors. Um, he didn't take a big spot. The, the miss was the only thing we kind of got from that this time. And I, I think that was a little bit of a letdown. So to this day, if, oh. if you... Uh when AEW Dynamite is trending on Twitter, it's Sting's picture that shows up. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, Sting is just, uh, you know, again, it's like uh, if you have The Undertaker, you don't have him on every week um, doing the same shit. You need to, you need to mix it up and you need to eventually have someone beat him. You know, you need your next person that, you know, if Darby's going to turn on Sting, that'd be awesome uh, to get him to that next level or or, or whoever. Miro, um, just whoever. But he's been in, they are literally in the same position as they've been a, a year ago. And Sting is gigantic and it should mean more, in my opinion. Going to get to... Um, Go after that, Lisa. <laughs> You're wrong. Fighting words, Issa. <laughs> you're wrong. That, like, so what you're trying to tell me that they should bring Bully Gone and all of these other guys that they're using as a managerial. This thing should be Roman Reigns. I don't belt an AEW. Can't they give him one of them? Ring of Honor champion Sting sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Come on. Come on. I'm kidding. Man, the chat room is being awfully mean to Tony Khan. I, I feel bad, but they are super chats, and I want to I want to give some props out there. So um, I, this was I don't know if this is actually breaking news or Raj, if you already knew this, or if this is even true, but we'll cover it because it's in the super chat. All out attendance was eight thousand seven hundred ninety-nine. Anybody confirm that? that I don't yeah, know, that but I know right. that last year it, it right. was ten thousand. Last year it was ten thousand yeah. hundred and something. This was not sold out. You could still pull up Ticketmaster and get tickets up till this afternoon. 
Yeah, they, they run that market shows in Chicago too. this week. It's um, you know, I mean, they've been it's burning the same out location. Chicago. They need they need to switch locations for these pay per views. They have to. This is you, like people like to travel for these events, but you also like I don't know about you, but when I go, I like to go when they're going somewhere new, somewhere interesting. I don't want to go to the same cities time and time again. That I rather watch it from home. Doing this pay per view from the same place every year, people are gonna stop going. Especially once you've been there once and realize that you can't even Uber anywhere after 10 p.m. You can't order food delivery after 10 p.m. You're 40 it's minutes from Chicago. Chicago. If you got yeah, to, yeah, you're you're outside of Chicago. If you're gonna drive, if you're gonna drive, it's gonna take you about 40, 45 minutes to get there, and that's with no traffic. Oh. So if you've been when there Raj once, was, you're not gonna go back. <laughs> Raj was still taking my reimbursements a couple of years ago. He had to pay for all those Uber rides back and forth from the hotel to I the know. actual place where the oh uh, Joseph Boz, like Michael, Michael can't believe how honest we are. I'm just trying to be, you know, I'm a nice guy trying to keep it real in here. Um Peter Bahi, NWO Raj is greater than AEW all out. Raj even said before the show he's gonna be nice tonight. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Drew Anderson, 99 cents. Just thank you for, for the super chat there, Drew. We appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Um, Adrian Sebastian, Tony needs advisors for booking, and AEW, AEW needs to control promos given actual heat among performers. Started off hot, but now I don't even want to watch it weekly, especially when it comes to women division. It sucks. So uh, so I went I went back and forth with Tony a little bit, and um, he, he takes a lot on. He's doing a shit ton, and... Mm -hmm. Look, I'm not saying he should follow the WWE model by any chance, by any means, because the charm of AEW is being the alternative. Um, but I, I, I have been seeing the cracks forming with AEW. And again, I told him this as well. It just has not felt as cohesive and as uh, disciplined as it did a year ago. Um, and maybe having a couple... I don't think you should have writers and scripted promos, but having a couple of people creatively that you can assign stuff to, and you're not the main person in charge, you can oversee it. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea. Yeah. Well, you don't need to, it, I mean, the point of a creative process is not that you have to have all the answers, but it's that when you combine two or three people together, it's like, Oh, this is my idea. What about this idea? And then you kind of elevate each other's ideas and you get to a new space with it, but it also gives you, perspective if you're willing to listen you don't go and do not, not that tony Khan will have to like listen to everybody that pitched an idea to him but sometimes those ideas are going to shape his perspective and give him a different insight into what could happen i i think about the build of this main event right and even after tonight i'm still going back and saying why did that build happen and i'm sure somebody had that idea about let's do a squash match to make mox look strong but it like it felt like that was an unchecked gut idea from tony Khan. Um, and, you know, we talked about a year ago, the talent roster is different, of course, but there were other people involved that there was all the, the vice president drama. Cody Rhodes was still around. And I, I don't know how involved any of them were at that point, but it's probably a very different company now. Now, Khan did earlier this year start setting up some more systems in place, it seems like, and, and kind of handing off some responsibilities, which is good. Um, so it's just it's growing pains, y'all. It's all it is. And I, I do want to just add in here, Tina Miller. I like the show overall, but I had an odd vibe. At least Eddie Kingston won his match, so I'm happy. <laughs> Thanks, Tina. <laughs> so. And it was a match with no build. And uh, that's yeah. one of the problems I've been having with AEW lately is that there's no build. Like, mm -hmm. it's the main event for this show was announced four days ago or five days ago, whatever it was. Um, 
it just it just feels that the the focus hasn't been there whereas before you know cm punk mjf and all these other matches were like had months and months and months of build and it, it just hasn't been happening right but, remember last know. year all out we had mjf and jericho and he had to go through like the five layers of the mjf mm -hmm. punishments before mm -hmm. jericho could even get to him like the story building in last year's all out and i'm not trying to compare them but i just i remember walking on last year's all out just being so hyped for aw and the fact that i was just a year ago thinking wow i just watched literally a perfect pay-per-view i enjoyed it i have fun so when i go back and think about that one of the things that i remember is a lot of these matches had a crazy storyline going into it eddie eddie and miro was the tnt title match last year when they did the whole promo sorry within this nuts line which was genius like there was a lot of matches going into last year that had an actual story and i i like storytelling if i just want to watch people fight i'll watch ufc i'll watch boxing the thing about wrestling is that you get all the story that comes with it and i don't feel like we get that and and miro i feel like uh he just has not been a good story yet in AEW. not once daniel bryant his, his stuff with daniel bryant was okay like they had a match whatever it was earlier this year last year it wasn't the best last it year was his full gear but yeah i wouldn't say that was a uh a memorable you know like rusev day yeah. like everyone remembers that and uh and the the stuff with cena coming out in the tank again i don't uh, i don't want to turn this into a wwe versus AEW thing but miro has not found that same success so far in aew and he, he, he got put in the invitational tonight for the people who are disgruntled roster members who haven't been featured in storylines, right? The three on three match. I just crabbed him and Malachi Black in there and said, hey, we put you on the show and gave you some time. Be happy, right? <laughs> Let's open this up to the chat. Who has been better in uh, that was a star in WWE that moved to AEW? And uh, who has seen their career elevate that that did that? I, I want to pull this one up here. Chris Jones getting in there ahead of time said Miro's gimmick is so good and they're wasting him. And I, I think that's what's interesting about Miro. He has a focus for his character. And a lot of this is attributed to him, I believe. He comes out strong in those promos. He's the redeemer and he's got a, like this presence in those videos. And then they do nothing with it to build into a storyline. Um, I think he's doing the right work, but yeah, they're not delivering at all. Yeah. Moxley. Some, some people saying? think Cody. I, I'd agree with that. Cody was Moxley. definitely better moxley. moxley i don't know um lots of love for mox money triangles moxley chris aldridge moxley jericho no, i i, would I, not believe, agree with. I believe moxley because i feel like dean ambrose was so successful in wwe but that was a whole different character where now we get right. i feel like moxley has that real factor that ambrose to me felt very forced so i feel like i don't know about better but he's been successful maybe match his success in wwe while allowing to become a more relatable character than the lunatic fringe and as cringe as that was so i would agree with the people saying moxley and cody definitely cody yeah i Tony think Moxley's Storm, a great I don't, example i don't know they, if i agree they, with that christian cage uh, christian cage was a world title you know contender for a while Pack, I could, I could see that. I can see Pack. I disagree with Pack. Now, I, I agree with Christian Cage. I mean, I, I disagree with Christian Cage because in the last couple of years he was out in concussion for a while. But Pack, Pack wasn't like mania matches. He he was in that co-main event. It wasn't a main event, but when they brought in um, Stephen Amell, he was in that feud. He was in NXT and was hot down there. He's like not even on TV these days. Right, Ruby. Right, no way. I, she's no. same same spot. No, she's worse. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Tony Storm. I, I I don't. I mean, until I mean, 
Hey, we'll see. We'll see where they go. Bill Chapel says FTR. Peter P says FTR. I FTR think FTR for sure. Yeah, yeah main roster FTR, but NXT FTR. They were freaking really phenomenal. At least, at least in the main roster, they did carry both titles. They carry the NXT title here. They're yeah, while they are champs and they have gold, you don't even know what half of these belts are from because they're not the AW Tag Team Championships. They only held those once. So while I think they're successful, I'm not gonna say more than in WWE. They did have a lot of title rings. I thought FTR and Wardlow were uh, the two biggest fails on this pay per view because wasted, they were both wasted. red hot coming out of you know the last couple months wordlow should he really should be in the world title picture and he's back at where he was uh, a couple months ago so i um yeah i, I thought that was a, a big a big fail max caster sure but i'm i'm talking like major act right, right. <laughs> yeah he's i mean at that point yeah you're talking about mjf which i don't know if that would really count right Agree with Pavic Thrust here. Too many belts. I thought it was strange. We have the Ring of Honor World Champion competing for a spot to win the AEW World Champion. Did either one of y'all find that strange? Like he comes out. I, that's just a weird thing to me, right? Like this too many belt syndrome. I don't know. I, don't know. All right, I told this to more. Tony too. I think um, with ROH, you're tripping over dollars to make sense. Um, you have your big TV deal coming up. That's what you need to focus on. AEW is what... If you were going to get a better TV deal, Rampage would be in a better, you know, a better slot. ROH is not going to do sh shit, yeah. honestly. Yeah. It's uh, it's just not. Uh, um, at most, you might get a streaming deal, but you're not getting a good TV deal with R uh, with ROH when they wouldn't have given that to Rampage. Sure, and. Uh, I just think it's just, man, you got to focus on what, what counts right now. You got guys like Kazarian who main event. Um, what is it? AEW dark every week or dark elevation every week. And anyway, it's just your, your rosters. You got a lot of people out there. So Kevin, Kelvin Alexander, super chat. I know you're trying to be nice. Con can't book. Sorry. Thank you. Kelvin Con um, is like the number. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's doing a hundred million dollars this year in revenue. So he's doing something he's got, right. Doing something right, yep. John Jordan, how do you not give MJF the stick there at the end? Double waste, wasted casino, surprise, and wasted MJF return that everyone knew was coming. AEW is lost. Wow, y'all are tough. And David Montalvo, we'll get to that here in just a second. How does Tony not hear the crowd chant for the acclaimed and not give them the crowd or give them the strap? The crowd lost interest after that match. Scissor me, daddy ass. <laughs> love it, love it. Would you, wear, Callens, would, you wear a, would you wear a scissor me, daddy ass shirt? No. It's their number one seller right there. They called that out on the uh, during the show. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. It looks like a 1995 WWF shirt. It is their number one seller Lisa, on the AEW shop. If you showed up for a date and that guy was wearing that, what would you what would you say? <laughs> I'm walking right back out. The date's not happening. <laughs> Scissor me daddy ass doesn't shirt. Uh, do it for you. It's not it's not as bad as it's not as bad as the I have massive balls miss shirt. Like that's horrible. That is the worst. Left... Yeah. <laughs> uh, could you, you wear the Roman Reigns shirt though? You would. Yeah, I was gonna say there was a guy wearing the Acknowledge Me Daddy shirt yesterday at Clash at the Castle. I was like, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm pretty sure they made those for the girls. Because <laughs> Roman <laughs> does have a big female fan base. But hey, uh, do you? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. 
I try to be nice on my Twitter, but every now and then I I, I did say like uh, the number of people that have gotten laid with that shirt got to be on one hand. <laughs> you know, I don't love it's it not, uh, you know, they sell it, though. And he, like the Shizzle Me Daddy ass shirt, like you got to love the fact that Billy Gunn has had a shirt in like 1999 that said like i'm an ass man and then 20 years later that gimmick is still making him money like that's just kudos to him that's phenomenal right let me just that's pretty good uh, have you ever seen that shirt which one uh oh geez my hair no. good lord Raj hold his beauty standards to Issa, so we all we all struggle with that here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Oh my god, my hair. <laughs> anyway, uh, one more thing before we get to the show here. Jax Callen writes in. I know we're talking lots of stuff AW, but reminds us. Thank you, Jax. Cobra Kai season five next Friday. Also, it's an Antoine. What's an Antoine? Antoine. I think that's somebody in the chat. Oh, that was in the super chat. Oh, oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Jax. All right. Oh, man. Shit, we haven't started this show yet? We've been all (laughs) over the place, but let's jump into it here. We opened up with the Casino Battle Royale ladder match. This match went very quickly. Um, The wrestlers did not go very quickly. A couple of small spots here and there, but I think we were all waiting on um, the Joker, and then, of course, the Joker came out. Now, I want to set the stage here, and then Isam will kick it to you first. For those of you who did not see this live, um, there was all of a sudden retribution style attackers beating everybody up in this match. Like it was a, you know, had been a pretty brutal match at that point, beating everybody up. One comes out, climbs the ladder, brings down the casino chip, pulls off his mask. It is revealed to be Stokely. And then music hits, um, expensive licensed music hits. Somebody else comes out wearing a mask that looks like that guy who used to host that magician's greatest secrets revealed. <laughs> um, Stokely hands him the chips and he teases the guy in the mask teases pulling it off, but then he waves his finger. No, 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 no. And then they all walk away. So Stokely has been for weeks accumulating this faction culminates tonight. We see these guys all revealed um, Morrissey, lots of other guys been signing these contracts. And then the guy in the mask, the magician's mask walks away. Um, I have feelings on how this all played out. Issa, this set the stage for the entire show. We see it come back up later. We know it's going to be MJF. But what did you think about the setup here and the opening to this show? Up until this point, I couldn't help but to think if this doesn't pay off tonight, this is the lamest thing I've seen. Um, I thought there was a couple, again, this production, some camera angles. There was so much going on during the ladder match. It was fun. There was a lot going on, and there was a couple of sloppy spots here and there, a lot of them, and they were noticeable. And a lot of times I blame that on just a simple switch of a camera angle. You know, it would have looked a little bit differently there, but I can only imagine how difficult. I'm not a, not a TV producer. It has to be to try to capture every single thing going in the ring when you have this many people going. I think it's so funny that you brought up retribution because that's what I thought about, and I was like, oh, God, if there is something that I don't need AEW to duplicate, it's retribution. But... Right. We'll see. Now that we know, now that it paid off, okay. But at that point, I was like, they have to pay this off tonight. Otherwise, this is going to be a dumpster fire. But yeah, fun match overall. But there was a lot of great people involved. I enjoyed the fact that there was a surprise to open the show. I thought this whole thing was a little bit cluttered. I don't know. They didn't need as much as they did, right? To have Soakley climb the ladder, then hand it over, then somebody else come down, and there's music playing. There was lots of just awkward downtime around this, and I know I'm overanalyzing it a little who, who bit. Who was it? But it was just, but it was, they never 
Unmasked. That's right? who MJF came back later in that same mask. So when you saw him in the mask later when he pulled off, that was the mask. But that wasn't up. MJF in the match. The, he, yeah. it, that wasn't his body. It yeah, was. he walked out. Yeah, yeah. He walked out in the mask, did his little, he kind of, he did in a the mask. Like, no, the, yeah, when the yeah. person that won, like, came out, the Joker, it was him. It was the same mannerisms and everything. It was. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I so, didn't see it. So, my. It just felt a little bit up. weird though because they had the music <laughs> playing and then they had Stokely come out and it was you could have simplified all this. Have the guys come out and beat up the wrestlers and then this MJF comes. Anyway, I think it took away some of the momentum of how long that segment took, but it did set yeah. up a nice tease for later in the night. And to your point, I wasn't a I wasn't a fan of Stokely grabbing the ship uh and then before the Joker came out. They should have let the Joker came out. Even if he's just standing in the middle of the room and Stokely grabs the ship. Because it's just like, I get it. we're building the mystery. But at that moment, it felt weird. It felt, I don't know, it took me out. I didn't know what was happening. It needed about one more layer of like production to really nail down what that segment should have been, I think. And they would have got it right. But I yeah. feel like if we're doing Pillman. You got to do like something crazier than Pillman with MJF's return. And it just felt like it was very standard, yep. you know. Um, but, you know, again, we'll see. Predictable. I uh, love this. Stellar Justin Lopez with the super chat. It was hilarious how Wheeler Yuta was halfway up the ladder and Rue showed new urgency and did his entire entrance. Um, man, you got to love some of those segments where they are like, I ah, got to get up there. Oh, nope, my next spot's not up yet. So it's a classic. That, that always and there was kills that one, at matches. one point, at one point, Cesaro is trying, I don't even, I still don't know what he was trying to do. Like he was trying to like throw him, but the two ladders were like caught. Oh, I know. That's exactly what I'm trying. He looked like an X. He made like this weird X with the ladders, but I feel like whatever he was trying to do was never executed. That drove me crazy. It took forever. <laughs> Himan Shugar writing in, talk about that Claudio two ladder spot. He basically had, um, who was it on top? Was it Andrade? Um, was it Roosh? I it was Roosh. I can't remember. It might have been it was yeah, Roosh it was... or Andrade, but he had like a ladder on top of a ladder and he was literally moving him to the outside of the ring. It was a pretty crazy spot, but none of this mattered. I mean, I get it. You got to get to where you get to. It was fun, but knowing what we were waiting for, it just, it didn't feel like the classic casino battle royales, but we got there. So set up the rest of the night. There was Um, a a few months ago where I, I, I made a tweet and, and granted, I had a couple, a little bit of the, uh, the bubbly, but I said like, uh, Cesaro, um, he's going to get a big pop. He's going to get a big, big reaction for a few weeks. And then it's going to be like nothing. And was I wrong? He's Let's argue. Was <laughs> I wrong? Come I on, Isa. We're, we're, we've been fighting tonight. <laughs> no, I was going to say he's the Ring of Honor World Champ. Come on, Raj. <laughs> yeah. The Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's... Uh... I, I don't like to use this phrase, but those Ring of Honor titles feel an awful lot like props. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's anything to do with the heritage of them. It's just how they're featured on this card. Again, why would your Ring of Honor champion be the guy coming out to fight for that AEW? And in my mind, he should be fighting CM Punk or whoever else on some like some super card. NXT Worlds Collide, let's do it for AEW and make those Ring of Honor titles feel prestigious, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm sure if Cesaro had his opinion, this is, I'm totally guessing here. Uh, to be on a, a major pay-per-view with over 100,000 buys or being ROH champ for 
and no one watching, I'm guessing that uh, he would choose option A. I just remember how big he felt last year again. Yeah, Dylan Matthews. Raj was right. I remember how big he felt last year. That match he had with Roman Reigns. Let's keep that up. Let's keep that up here for a little bit. (laughs) You shouldn't gloss over this. Excuse me. Let's pin this. It's got here. Raj was right. (laughs) He had this great match last year with Roman Reigns. They even called him out yesterday as one of the guys Reigns beat. That match was phenomenal. And I think he is in a worse spot now as Ring of Honor world champ Issa. I mean, I know you love Roman, but he took Roman to the distance, right? He's... He's a good, yeah, good wrestler. It was one of my favorites at that point. It was one of my favorite um, Roman Reigns matches in this, you know, title reign. But yeah, I mean, the problem is that once Roman finishes with someone, they might not be doing the best of work at making that person still feel important post Roman Reigns. Dylan Matthews, acknowledge Raj. We acknowledge all have Dylan. to do it. Acknowledge Dylan. All right. I got to uh, get to the next match. Let's here. get we, to uh, these uh, first couple matches. I'll be right back. I didn't see the uh, until the acclaimed. So, how many were there before that? We got the Elite versus Dark Order. About 100. Cardgill for Athena. <laughs> all right. I'll be uh, right back. We got three matches to get to. So, um, then you can join us right back. All right. All right. Thanks, Raj. All right. I think I'm divisive here on this one. Um, it might be uh, the chat room is going to beat me up for this. Elite versus Dark Order World Trios Championship Finals. Uh. Um, this match. Felt to me like it should have been one of the opening contests. Now, the match was great. Um, down the stretch, especially, it picked up energy. It ends at the very end here. Silver sets up Omega for a buckshot lariat. But as he looks to hit that Omega, that move, Omega moves. Paige takes out his man. Omega rolls him up to become the first ever champion. So the Elite, of course, walking out of this tournament with the first ever AEW Trios title. I thought this match was just fine for the most part. Very standard, fair. But I thought the fact that these two teams, to me, should not have been meeting in this spot. There should have been a bigger team across from the Elite to make this feel like a main event match. Took it down a notch. Issa, what did you think? I didn't think it took it down a notch. But at the same time, my counterpoint to you is one of my criticisms here. I didn't think it took it down a notch just because of the addition of Adam Page. Hmm. However... It felt like it was a, a handicap match through the elite against Hangman Adam Page. I don't remember mm-hmm. anything anybody from the Dark Order did other than take some beatings or be on the outside. I remember I was even there. I didn't have a big moment tonight. They're like, oh, well, MJF. But nothing that took me out of my share, but the stare down of Omega with Hangman after, you know, we hadn't seen Omega since he lost the title to Hangman. Like, their last encounter was a big deal. So that moment where they're just sitting there, I was like, okay, I see why they went here. In addition to that, somebody in the chat just pointed it out. It was the first time watching Kenny Omega since he came back where he felt like Kenny Omega. He looked like Kenny Omega. I wasn't cringing like, oh my God, is he going to be okay? No, no, no. He was he was wrestling like Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. right? But I had a lot of fun and it was one of my favorite matches and I hated what happened after because you set people up for failure. I knew I was going to get that, but I just felt like the Dark Order was just an accessory to let Hangman continue his story with the Elite. I, I agree 100%. And also part of this is now Ryan O'Toole saying Reynolds and Silver are underrated. I'm not dissing them at all. I think the challenge here was... These guys have not, they've done nothing with the Dark Order for so long. And the only way to get them into this match was to put Hangman Page with them. And there was a great moment about halfway through where we had Page across from Kenny Omega and it looked like it was going to be just, and it was electric for that, that spot. But you didn't build up Dark Order for weeks and weeks and months and months ahead of time. And to me, that took away from this what was highly, a a very well contested match. So, which is why it, 
bothered me that we went in this direction because like when you see House of Black being put in a pointless match, you feel like, wow, this would have been like a big deal if it was House of Black in this spot. Um, you know, but I did pick the elite to win the whole thing as soon as they announced Kenny Omega was joining them. I'm like, you're not gonna have Kenny Omega come back and not, you know, not do this. And you know, nostalgia, right? They started AEW, it it, it feels right. So at that point, it, it almost made me not invested in whoever they would have ended up facing, whether it was this team or anything, because I really did think that the elite was walking away victorious from the second day Kenny Omega came back. Well, and it, it makes me wonder too, Issa, like where do they go next with these both all of these characters? Because it feels like we're seeing more elite and fighting again, and this is going to be maybe Paige versus Omega now that Omega's healthy. Is that where we go? But with the trios title, that makes that challenging. At one point, they were teasing Osprey versus Omega when he comes back. Right. Um, that's my issue with this decision. I think, I don't know that this is going to be a long title reign because you watch Kenny Omega right now and all you have in mind for him are singles singles matches. <laughs> you know, like I, I have a lot of dream matches for him and they don't involve being in the trios division. So I don't, I'm not even certain that this is going to be a long title reign for, for the elite. And we did see a lot of six-man tags tonight, which means they're really focusing on this division. I, I was a little bit against that too. At points I was like, man, we're getting a lot of three on threes, but I, I thought about that afterwards. We are building a three on three, a six man tag or a yeah, six man tag division that we can, our trios tag division, I should say that we are going to be able to um, kind of build off of this coming out of it. So I think this trios title is going to feel like a central point moving forward. Peter Bahi, did Raj quit wrestling Inc? Um, I think he quit wrestling Inc tonight. So we'll, we'll see if he returns. Maybe he has the mask that uh, MJF was wearing and we'll see him again. <laughs> Let's talk about the next match. Jade Cargill versus Athena for the TBS championship match. And um, of course, Jade Cargill on this amazing run. Love. Did, what did you think about the entrance here? She breaks down a wall, comes out oh, as She-Hulk. It. It's awesome, right? And she always put, she always puts so much thoughts into her gear, the, whatever she's cosplaying. She, and, and, and she just looks the part. So it just makes her look that much more badass because every time she comes out as a different character, you can't help but to think, yeah, she could be playing that person. <laughs> you know, I always said she has that Marvel superhero look to her. So uh, I, but I absolutely love and I actually really liked her with the dark hair. I hope she keeps it. I thought she looked excellent. Yeah. She just has a look about her, and she's one of the, you know, we see this a lot in WWE, where especially Rey Mysterio will wear, like, superhero garb and, and lean into something. And I thought it was really cool for somebody in AEW to do that. But just also the intentionality around it, the the we talk about production and what they don't do great, but this was well-produced. They had the right lights and the smoke, and yeah. um, it just came off super well here. Now, the match um, did not go very long. Athena hit her finisher early on, um, was a no-sell, basically, um, from Jay yeah. Cargill. <laughs> Um, Jade beat her up some, wins the match fairly easily down the stretch. This match got about, I don't know, maybe six or seven minutes here. I did make a note. And Probably four to minutes too long. Four minutes too long. Why You don't like Athena? You think that Jade's just that strong? What is what is this? I do. I do. I actually think that. And I'm, 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 I do enjoy a good squash match here or there, but she's not ready in the ring quite yet. And she looks like she could beat anybody up in a minute. Right, you're gonna give it the Goldberg to go all in in it. True, thirty-seven and zero, and I think like you look yeah, at yeah, because she's not her matches are not crisp. So just let her squash girls like left and right. It will make the streak even more impressive. She gets better every week, and I think every time we see her, she's getting better, which is, is something I do appreciate. But I, I want to call oh, this yeah, out here, Dylan Matthews. 
Can Grass I... isn't always greener on the other side. Athena, Ember Moon had a great run in NXT, and you saw her develop. And we see now Athena getting a title match, but in a squash match. This was a match, I'll add in here, that was given... Um, Let's see here. Let me make sure I get the two matches right. Yeah, Athena Jade, Starks and Hobbs, both were budgeted more time, re- reportedly, um, but they cut this match down for time. So maybe in a different world. And they also put them in a really movie. crappy spot because the trios title match was very enjoyable. And they did the same thing to them as they did to the women's Fatal 4 where You put them after your hottest matches and it was sad for these women. So hot, I, hot trios match followed by this. It's not fair to them, right? Go ahead, Rush. You guys got to hear the CM Punk clip uh, from the media scrum about Colt. Oh, Pan. God, I heard what I was looking at it. But you ready? Wanna... Y'all Let's ready? Let's Y'all ready for this? Everyone in the chat. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's, it's on my. And I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But can you guys hear it? If I fall backwards, we'll catch me. Scott Colton, I felt never would have. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. Okay? You call it jealousy. You call it envy. Whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt. I have every invoice. I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. (laughs) And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email oh can we please drop all this now it's 2022 i haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014 late 2013 and the fact that i have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves evps and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies evp bullshit and and put into a media that i got somebody fired when i have fuck all to do with him want nothing to do with him do not care where he works where he doesn't work where he eats where he sleeps and the fact that i have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing and if y'all are at fault fuck you if you're not i apologize but what did i ever do in this world to go to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like hangman adam page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself for what what did i do dave what did i ever do (laughs) that was a pipe bomb (laughs) damn damn that would have oh that should have been on the show i'm sorry who hurt you ever heard I want to see Punk versus Cabana now. <laughs> I want to see Punk. Who versus hurt Cabana. this man? <laughs> Holy wow! Fuck. That wow. Was awesome. We got to get to that. I mean, I know we got a whole card of matches still. To yeah, let's through, let's 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 skim through some of these uh, others. Okay, we're going to come back to Punk here because I think it's going to be a great, great segue to uh, that conversation. Yeah, um, FTR and Wardlow versus Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal here. Um, you know, we got here so Wardlow bad. and FTR picking up the win. Uh, weird segment afterwards where we got like 
like guys coming out. Like, this was like the TNA 20, 2007 reunion, right? I was expecting Jeff Jarrett to walk down here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Fine I'm match. So, I'm so mad. Uh, you have a guy on fire like Wardlow. And granted, I, I, I'll admit, I did not watch tonight uh, his match, but he's on fucking fire. He should be like, elevated he should be either main event or right under what the main event is and uh anyway not a fan of that yeah yeah it was what also motor city machine guns you get them under your roof and you don't put them in the tag team division you put them in this people make the batista argument right you don't put batista in a six-man tag the the month after he turns on triple h right right Oh, um, I'll just jump ahead here to the next FTR match. And F- oh, one last thing, sorry. Yeah, you're FTR good. has been on freaking fire, and it just felt like they were yeah. an afterthought on this show. Yeah. They that carry around three belts, doesn't was mount too much. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought yeah. it just, that was just bad. Want to get to the next match here, just because Issa, I know you got an opinion on this one. This one was also a squash match, much like Jade Cargill earlier. Ricky Stark versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Your boy, Ricky Starks, eating a big one there, taking the L. What? Erroneous. This was wrong. I don't know. I I almost I almost wanted this to go to a no contest, if you want me to be honest. I feel like you put yourself in a situation where both of them, they're branching on their own from tag team division. They both needed the win here. And I, 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 I was rooting for Ricky personally. You know that. But... I, I didn't want either one of them to lose. So I, I hated that it was a squash too because I'm sitting here thinking the size difference that, you know, like Ricky's more like technical and you have powerhouse using the big guy. Like I wanted to actually see them have a wrestling match. I hated it. I thought Ricky Stark should have won. But at the same time, I didn't want Hobbs to lose. So I don't know what you make of that. I, I did not see this match, but um, I did see that Ricky basically got squashed and it's like yeah. he's one of the most promising young guys that they have why would you do that i don't get it i'll have to watch it maybe i'm wrong but uh just watch a, it. it just doesn't seem like what you would do yep ricky starks is he's got charisma he's got swagger he's got he carries himself like a star and i mean it's like how many people can do that it's it's a it's not a, uh, a thing you can be taught. It's just something you just have, and he has it. And uh, anyway, I don't. I don't. I give it. him props. He did come out strong in the opening couple of thirty seconds. Maybe it was Isa. He got a, he got out to a hot start there, and his new ring yeah. gear looked phenomenal. I I just thought he looked. The entrance. He looks like a star, and hopefully we go somewhere from here. But we saw him lose to Hook. Now we see him take this loss. It's just not looking good. We'll jump in here. I want to land on this one. And yes, chat room, we're going to get to the punk dissing Colt Cabana and the VPs here in just a second. Um, we're going to save it for he after our main event. The e- 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 and those are the young bucks. <laughs> I mean, so stay tuned. This is my tease for our uh, our post game to the uh, post game show here. That was, um, that was something. But uh, I want to talk about this match because something I think this is interesting and something both both companies did this weekend that I don't agree with. Swerve in Our Glory defeated the acclaimed. This match got lots of time. It was super hot. The crowd was freaking into it. They love the acclaimed. They love the Scissor Me Daddy. Um, but 
and we had some great near falls down the stretch. I was yelling at my TV when Keith Lee jumped in to break up one of the pins. I thought the acclaimed were going to win this. Uh, Issa, Raj, I don't know which one of you wants to jump in first here, but I am all sorts of upset. They should have called a damn audible on this match to make the acclaimed. There was a star-making moment here. Am I right or am I right? You're absolutely right. And I thought they were going to do it. I thought they were going to do it. And the match, crazy good. They had an excellent match. I really like the storytelling, but... I, I don't know that I'm happy with the results here. And sure. I feel like also after Keith Lee and Swerve won the tag titles, they started focusing on the trios titles. So their reign has also been underwhelming. So I don't see why not make the change here, even if they lose it back. I I feel like um, uh, AEW, as far as non-WWE New Japan people that they've made, it's... Two acts, in my opinion, MJF and the acclaimed. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have become like, you know, MJF, yes, he was in MLW, but as far as on a national stage, they they made him a star. Uh, and I think uh, with the acclaimed, they the acclaimed are hot. And I felt like this could have been the and, and there's no there's no reason that it can't happen later. But I just felt like this might have been. Keith Lee and Swerve are not hot. They're, I feel like it's almost like uh, Tony Khan feels like he needs to push him because he called Keith Lee his biggest, you know, gigantic signing or whatever whatever that was. The acclaimed, they have the charisma. They, they're hot. They're, they're a hot act. People love that. And uh, they should have won. Lots of people in the chat room jumping in there too. Himanshu Gar match was really good, but Tony kind of put himself in a tough spot with this match. He'd get butchered either way. Um, Derek Kuborn acclaimed her over like Rover. Phil Capel should have given them this moment their best match to date. Prior to tonight, I didn't believe they deserved a title shot, but they are over. And I, th- I thought the same thing. This acclaimed swerve in our glory match didn't do much for me on paper. Seeing it in action, I feel like a fool because I loved it. And also... There was a heel turn at the end. I don't know if it was a real heel turn for Swerve in our glory, but there was definitely babyface love for the acclaimed here. And Raj, I, right. I do want to ask you this with your encyclopedia knowledge. Has there ever been an instance like this where they would call an audible whenever they see how hot the crowd is? I cannot recall one off no, the top of my head. I can't think of any. I should have been the first one. Actually, yesterday, the cloud and or the, the crowd in Cardiff should have been the first one. Drew deserved that spot. Fuck right. that. No, Roman should have <laughs> right. won. Seamus, Seamus should have been the audible in yesterday's yes. show. Yes. No. No. Gunther's undefeated. Don't have him lose to Seamus, who loses all the time. You gotta see right. the crowd home happy. No, we're talking while, about right? we're talking about a crowd audible, like from the crowd rooting for a person, like the way the crowd yeah, was tonight. The crowd was one thousand. You gotta go by the story. No, I get that, but we were just you know examples of it. If we're classic, it would have been Seamus. We're usually on the same, on the same, <laughs> well, uh, same page. Honestly, Swerve <laughs> and Lee should never have been tag champions, according to Nicholas Maggie, and I kind of think that. I think it's just a, it's not a great mm-hmm. booking for titles that were kind of elevated previously to the uh, tag title. So speaking of bad booking tag title match, super red hot crowd loved it. Followed by the women's 
fatal four way for the interim world's women championship. Um, the crowd was dead for this one and they worked their asses off. And towards the end, the crowd did get back into it slowly, slowly, slowly there. Um, but just, I, you know, Tony storm, new champion here. I don't think it did her any favors being in this spot right after that hot tag match. Um, Raj. Um, Issa, I'll let you go first. Cause I'm, I, I've got some harsh, harsh okay. love here. <laughs> with it. I I hated how cry, quiet the crowd was. I think it affected my viewing experience. I, I didn't mind the match. It was it felt like a dynamite match. Like mm-hmm. a match that you will see in an episode of Dynamite. It didn't feel special. Um, I did appreciate it that a lot of the women all work together. You know, when you do triple threats or fatal four-way, a lot of times two of the people are not even in there. When in this match, you felt like they were all always involved. I, I got to see what they do because the interim thing never feels valid to me. So I don't, I'm happy for Tony Storm, but is she a real champ? Are they going to treat her like a real champ? Uh, Moxley didn't feel like a real champ as interim until he actually, you know, won. So we'll see how this goes. A, in my opinion, I feel like AEW has done a shit job uh, promoting their women's division. And, uh, you know, it's something I uh, brought up before. Um, I just feel like uh, sometimes it feels like they don't know. Um, they only know how to promote ex WWE stars and Britt Baker, and uh, it's just it's. But clearly, it's not a focus and. And you watch WWE right now, and they're showing that it can work. Like the women's division is a draw, and especially with Triple H, because now they're opening with these women's uh, angles, and the ratings are up. So it's not like the the ratings have fallen when they've been when they've been doing this. So I, I just I just I just think uh, I don't know. I feel like they're uh, sucking. Fans were throwing stones at other fans for getting up during this match, not being into this match. Oh, you fans, if you don't don't say you want more women's wrestling and then not be into this match. Yeah. I don't blame the fans. The fans were into the wrestling, but you can wear them out. And I think that's what Tony Khan did. And he didn't save any for this. Um, right. I, I agree with you, Raj. Women's wrestling and WWE right now is hot, hot, hot. You think talking about Athena and working. earlier? Yeah. It's working. Yes. Um, and, and this call out from Himanshu Gar from earlier in the, the day, NXT women's title unification match was the best women's match this week. And I don't want to compare too much, but we had two four, fatal four-way matches for women's title. Um, or that was a yeah, triple threat match, but this was a triple threat to a fatal four-way match. And I think the NXT match outshined the women's match on an AEW a little bit this week. So um, yes. at least today. So I look at Bianca Belair. I look at Bailey. I look at... Uh, you know, Charlotte Flair hasn't been around in a bit, but uh, uh, Ronda Rousey, I mean, it's 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 hot. Just let them be. Um, and uh, uh, AEW, look, the, this is going to be controversial. Oh. AEW has been good with building stars that were stars elsewhere. <laughs> don't say it Raj don't say it <laughs> they have not built many stars on their own mm. and with women they've done a terrible job and uh, 
with men. I mean, geez, who MJF is the only one I can think of. A women's match. I mean, DMD, Britt Breaker, Britt, 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 Baker. Britt and MJF. I, it, <laughs> Sorry, it's two. getting to the uh, midnights. It's 1 a.m. slap happy hour over here. My tongue is getting twisted. But I agree. I, they're struggling to build stars. Kevin Alexander, this is why I said Khan can't book AEW successful in spite of Khan, not because of him. Their fan base is driving the train with cult-like devotion. And it's it's tough. It's tough to criticize AEW right now because you do feel like the people love it so much they're willing because to Because they're fucking – the, the fans can be nuts. Yeah. It's just they, they look past things, and it's they don't understand the spirit. I'm not saying I want the women's division to fail. I want it to succeed, and so I want them to put this on in a different spot. That's what we're saying here. That's yeah. what critics no, are doing. We want – I want wrestling to be the strongest it's ever been and with AEW and WWE. Yeah. 100%. But well, speaking constructive but, criticism is con- you know, it's constructive criticism. It's like any TV show, right? You're Lisa, watching you agree? Let's yeah, I agree. You're going to get I let's did. let's have you get some of this hate. <laughs> 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 we're talking about the women's division, so you need to speak for us cuz we're just two men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isa, no. speaking of oh, strongest was, ever been. Yeah, I, I, I've never been happy with the women's division ever in AEW. I, I know you're going to have thoughts on this. Speaking of the strongest mm-hmm. ever been, Christian looked the strongest he's ever been here today. <laughs> defeating <laughs> defeating Jungle Boy. We thought he would be a jungle man. He was nothing of the sort. In he, 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 he was presented like a fucking bitch. <laughs> he looked down the wrong tunnel. Has nobody ever told Jungle Boy which is the heel tunnel, which is the face tunnel? Jungle Saurus got Luchasaurus got him from behind, choke slammed him, rolled him up, made him an easy win for for Christian. Lisa, you won't let me live it down. You called this earlier in the week. What are your thoughts on this segment? It did, and I and I love podcasting with you guys, but I wish Justin and Jimmy were here because I also said that we never found out who Luchasaurus was really with, and there was a couple of subtle changes. He never went back to wearing the green mask. Okay, he oh he stayed with the dark mask. I knew that that if he was gonna have something to do with it, and I this is the booking that I expected, honestly. I don't, I don't think Jungle Boy is going to come out there and kick Christian's ass. I call that every week. Christian's going to kick his ass. And now they'll ultimate baby face, you know, underdog story for Jungle Boy is coming up. The two longest built feuds on this card had to be Jungle Boy versus Christian. And I would say Hobbs versus Ricky Stark, maybe, yep. right? Those were the yeah, two and longest. They were both squash feuds. matches. They were both squash matches. That's a terrible way to build a card. Your biggest payoffs of these. And I think. I know there's some rumors maybe Christian was injured, his elbow was in a sling. We'll find out more about that later. But even so, why give him the win then? Because this is really supposed to be a moment for Jungle Boy. And um, Raj, I don't know how you feel about Jungle Boy, but I think he's got some star potential if they can tap into it. Um, Jungle Boy looked like a fucking pussy, I thought. Damn. Woo! If it, geez, I, I don't know if that's still... Uh, uh, all right. No, I think it's like a you know it's like an old old colloquialism, right? But no, it's not. It's not this, whole, this, whole whole field, this whole feud has been based on, on Jungle Boy calling Christian a pussy. <laughs> like that's literally right, how this yeah, started. Yeah, so I feel like it's fair to say yeah. he. I thought Jungle Boy looked like a fucking pussy and ended up looking <laughs> like a fucking pussy. And I don't. I think pussy. You know. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Well, let's uh, get to what you called, I believe, on Twitter, Raj, because I know we got lots of people in the room saying, hey, we got to get to the CM Punk stuff. We want to talk about it. We're going to get there. Promise you, promise you. But um, Chris Aldridge is saying they called an audible because Christian has a torn tricep. So maybe that's what happened here. 
Um, and Nicholas, then wouldn't you have Jungle Boy win? Right. <laughs> no, Nicholas, Maggie, agree, Raj. So, um, look, I, you know, I, I think, um, um, I said, I again, I think what I was mentioning earlier, like how many non WWE New Japan guys have really gotten over in AEW? MJF is the only one I could think of. And Jungle Boy was one of the ones, and they made him look fucking weak. I, you know, I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Did did he not look weak as hell tonight? Look terrible. Dream Realm City as Roger. You would not do that with a, a Seth Rollins or a Roman Reigns or you know, he he looked just weak as shit. Yeah. Mm. Even if he's injured, whoever's injured. Give him something. Maybe we get Jack Perry with the pickup win against Luchasaurus in the coming weeks. I can't take him serious. Yeah. Let it play out. Let it play His out. His mom Let's got more offense than he did. <laughs> he now looks like the guy that you you just... Uh... All right, never mind. I'll, I'll it felt like they were going to do more with the two because... His pair, his his family was out there, so it's just a, it was a strange way to book that. So yeah, his mom was yeah. like, "Oh, you beat my son up." Yep. Mm. Anyway, well, let's get to your. I think you said this was your favorite match of the night on Twitter, Raj. Let's talk about Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. Weird build to get here, but two legends facing off in the middle of that ring. You loved it. Why did you love this match, Raj? Start with you and with Isa. It just felt like it just felt real. And and that's what I love about Jericho. Uh, just Jericho in general. He he just pulls that in. Like he doesn't he doesn't do all the Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I didn't think it was a match of the year by any means. Or there was something. I think Brian Danielson and Jericho. Um, something's lacking. Yeah. What, what, Isa? Yeah. <laughs> Just annoying. Just I'm going to take yeah. a shot while you uh, collect your thoughts here. <laughs> Isa, did you love this match? I, I kind of agree. Brian Danielson, hottest wrestler in WWE, right? One of the best. Comes to AEW, a little bit lacking. Isa, how'd you feel about this match? Do you want me to be honest with you? Yes. Yeah, I I'm going to be honest. I'm going to take a, a shot here, and I'm going to be so honest that everyone's going to be mad. I don't know if we can handle <laughs> I, any more honesty from you, Raj. This is you're, this is pretty on, honest, Raj. This is uh, good stuff. Lisa, go ahead. Sorry. Anyways, I forgot about this match until you just mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. It was forgettable. Except for uh, except for Brian taking way too many losses recently. He loses to Daniel Garcia and he loses to Jericho. Hasn't been looking the strongest. He's won but, one yeah, I forgot AEW about this match. pay-per-view match. Seriously, yeah. since yeah. he's been in AEW, he's won one AEW pay-per-view match. That was the match against yeah. Vero, right? All right. So, all right. I'm going to rant here. Can I say something before you get to that? Because I want to just say I agree with Issa. And my problem with this was it reminded me a lot. Do you remember when AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura fought at WrestleMania? Biggest match, New Japan coming. And that match just ended out of nowhere. It felt like it was building and then it stopped. This match felt like that to me. We were getting a little bit of momentum. There's yeah. some great sequences i'm not saying like the holds and the transitions weren't phenomenal but that elbow to end it just felt like it came out of nowhere and to me 
it didn't deliver on the promise of this epic bout between two guys who have fought for a hundred years. That's my take on it. Raj, I want to give you a chance to rant now that you are, uh, you're here with us. You guys ready? I don't know. You fucking signed this guy. One of the top stars from WWE. Fucking the number two guy, maybe number three, whatever. You bring this guy in and he's won one match on your fucking pay-per-views. What the fuck? (laughs) He's losing again? All the time. What the fuck? You know, like, it's like, uh, how do you not return on that investment? You have this fucking money guy and you're having him lose all the time it's fucking stupid in my opinion um i mean it's fucking stupid all right we were promised the dream of cm punk (laughs) versus daniel bryan in AEW, uninhibited possibly for a world title. And that does not feel like it could be further away at this moment than it ever has yep. in either of these guys time. And I think that's the disappointing thing. So could not agree more. It's Maybe not quite stupid. as honest as you Raj, but <laughs> Oh, yes. I do want to hear. Do you guys not agree? <laughs> Wrestling enthusiasts. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat it Raj. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> you said? Go first. I agree. I agree. I remember actually his match at Arthur Ashe against Kenny Omega. And I remember just feeling like, wow, Brian's going to be a huge deal here. And then he hasn't really done much. I agree. All right, Michael. You know what turned it, don't you? It was that match against Paige. They sacrificed him to Paige to get yeah. Paige's title reign over. And I'm not saying that was a bad call, but you got to follow that up with something important. And they just yeah. never did. You had Adam Cole there. Go that route with it, right? Even if you got, I don't want Adam Cole to take a loss, but like do something with here. He did not need to be pulled this far back. And um, Daniel Bryan just stands around smiling to me now. He's just like a guy who's standing there like, I'm ready to fight. What do you want to do? Like, that's it. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. Does not feel like a main eventer. Right. Oh, All right. Jericho doesn't need this win. Jericho never needed this win. No, here. Jericho could lose every match for the rest of his career and he will be okay. We'll hit you this one. I looted this fucking guy so much. He's just a guy now. He's nothing. Yeah. You have turned him into nothing. Yeah. He was one of the A stars a year ago that was debuting and now he's nothing. Good. Good job. Dan, Isa just wants to send you some love it's in the middle of the show. It's terrible. Someone was saying they want to hear the Trump voice. The Trump voice? I was going to say, are you, are you giving a, a Trump impression at this point? It's terrible. It's terrible. Tim Mickles, I don't agree with this at all. Do you think this is because of Brian's loyalty to Vince? I don't no. think it has anything to do with it. Here's what I think it is. I, I, I know we said we're going to be nice, and I think there's a lot of great things. I feel like I'm doing a lot. A lot of great things happening in AEW, but... There, the problem we have right now is Tony Khan has got a little bit of ADD around his booking style, and he forgets about people and where they are on the, the spot in the card, and they fall backwards, and he just brings them back. And Isa, I see you agreeing. Like, I mean, do you think that too, right? He's just a little bit ADD? Yeah, <laughs> 1,000%, yes. even the way these shows are booked, show it. Yes. Yeah. I'll say this to Tony, and I've said it. I actually have said a lot of this to his face. Um, 
get the fuck out of your head. Stop thinking you're doing everything right and realize that, um, you know, like you are in a dogfight. He might be with the comments Punk made at the media scrum afterwards. And uh, Brian Barry asking, Raj, what do you think of Punk's post-pay-per-view comments? We're almost there. Give us five more minutes to finish out this card. And Brian, we're going to talk about CM Punk for maybe until Wednesday night dynamite. I'll let you know. So let's let's keep it going here. House of Black versus Sting, Darby Allen, Miro, three on three match. Um Darby Murphy Allen, Risa. Sting, Miro gets the win. Malachi Black gets the loss. Risa, this was what I mean, take away nothing here, right? What's what's the point of this? No, nothing made sense here. Last time we saw Miro interact with Darby was because he beat him for the TNT Championship. We never saw them interact again. Now they're all friends because they got friendship misted on. Like it made absolutely no sense. I didn't like it. And then you had, and then you then, then you have a team that just came together on TV two weeks ago, beat House of Black. And then you wonder why people ask for the releases. Sorry, but I didn't like the booking of House of Black here. Look, we got you a match on TV. You got some time. Miro, be happy. Malachi Black, be happy, right? That's what this felt like to me. It felt like you guys were complaining. I got you on TV. Let's go with it. And um, it just felt pointless. And even to Raj's point from the beginning of the show, Sting was not used in a way that felt like it was Sting and important. Um, yeah, Black taking way too many pins. Um, it's just, I'm just not with this at all. And I don't think it does anything for any of these guys. Like, where do we go from here? Any other parting thoughts on this House of Black versus Sting, Derby, Allen, Miro, Match, Rush? I never got credit for the uh, Malachi Black story, did I? <laughs> Yo, people, people railed against you on Twitter for you were a liar and everything else, huh? I know, and it was true. Um, it's it's funny because I would never. I, I, I gotta say this. I you know I gotta say this on the podcast. I would never post someone's mental health issues or whatever, ever, ever, if I wasn't given the green light. So, uh, just want to make that clear. Sure. Um. Uh. And yeah, I don't know. I I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Paul Vic Thrust points out here. My friend just told me Malachi Black blew a kiss of the crowd on the way out. I heard that so, on Twitter as well. So Malachi Black clearly seemed like. I, so what it what it looked like to me, and I I don't know this, uh, but it looked like he he might be finishing up with AEW. Um, the the news I got two days ago. Um, he asked for his release. It wasn't granted. Uh, Tony Khan doesn't want uh, to set that standard. But now I think that it's gotten public. I kind of feel like maybe he's going to do it. So This guy, Malachi Black, was... I broke the story! first reported on by Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc., former owner and proprietor of the website. Um, he was so well used back at NXT, and I think a lot of people forget that because they remember him being tagged with Ricochet. 
Um, Issa, I don't know how you felt about his main roster run, but I thought Malachi Black was just used in a terrible fashion once he came to Vince McMahon's playground. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed him in NXT. I don't remember anything he did on the main roster other than he wrestled people to Jack- knock on his door. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and, but, but under Triple H's regime, he was used great. So you got to think now you see Triple H is in charge of the whole damn show and you're over here on AEW land not being used. It is tempting. That guy made me an NXT champion and made me my gimmick and who I am in this way today. Um, can't blame the guy for wanting to maybe go back to, uh, to where he came from. Right. I mean, Agreed. do we think Isa? I'll keep it with you for just half a second here. Malachi black goes back to WWE. Does he get a good main roster push in your eyes? If they let him go, I mean, the, re- the release was not granted, but yeah, probably. We kind of get the, more of that uh, Punk's punks comments. That yeah. was fucking fire. <laughs> we got one more match that's going to lead perfectly into that. John Moxley versus CM Punk AEW World Championship match. A lot to break down here. I want to start. This was a phenomenal match. I thought Issa, it was not my favorite match of the weekend, but it's up there. I loved it. Punk bled a lot. <laughs> Back and forth, two go to sleeps in the match here. Um, I love this match, Isa. I thought it was just a, a great way to culminate this feud. I liked it. Um, I, I thought they did a good job. There was a couple of moments in which I was confused because they never made this an ODQ. They fought in the crowd for a way longer count than 10. I started wondering, is this a street fight? Did they change? You know what the stipulation was? But outside of nitpicking at little things, I did enjoy the match. I thought it was great. So, yeah. I just, well, we'll get to what happened after. Baby Jacobs, a great main event with a great ending. I'm moving on my favorite match of the night because that tag team title match was so good. Um, But I love the match. Of course, afterwards, we did see the return of the masked magician, um, MJF. A little tie in here, and then Raj, I'll get to your thoughts on all this before we get to the post-game comments from the scrum. A little, we saw... Punk's comments back when he was in Ring of Honor, when he said, y'all have not, what was the comment here? You don't, um, you've forgotten about the devil because you've not seen him in too long. I think it was the comments he made on his way out the door in Ring of Honor when he went on the CM Punk Summer of Punk originally before WWE. And then the picture changed. The masked man came back out, took off his mask. You can see the scarf that Issa has around her wonderful neck there. It was the MJF scarf. And then he came out on stage and they did the stare down. No words in the show. So it looks like, Maybe we're getting this. Um, uh, yeah, and the comments. I, don't, I want to make sure I call that out there. There were comments. It was a voicemail from Tony yeah, Khan. Yeah, yeah, from Tony Khan to, to MJF, yeah. Yes, I almost forgot about that. That kind of kicked the whole thing off there, implying I'll sign you. I want you to come back. I'll eat crow. Come on back to us, please, 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 MJF. I'll put you in the ladder match. Um, I won't make you extend your contract, yada, yada, yada. So it seems like my interpretation of all of this, they're leaning into MJF's contract ending soon. He's got a title match, and he might be trying to walk out of AEW with the world title. That's what it sounds like to me. You- um, I'll, I'll ask this for everyone in the chat. Like, did that feel like a huge deal? Because I feel like it should have. Mm-hmm. It should have felt like a huge deal, and I felt like it felt flat. Yeah, I, 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 I have like this thing with Tony Khan that I feel like sometimes he does too little or he does too much. And he and at this this was a little at this point I'm like if you're gonna pull the plug on MJF the biggest story that you have left to tell 
go all in, having walked down and, and take the title from beat up CM Punk, cashing tonight. Do you realize the moment that that would have created if this pay-per-view ended with MJF becoming the world champ after returning? So, okay, MJF is back and he's coming for the title. So I feel like if you're going to do it, if you're going to give us MJF again, go all in on it. Because you can book a rematch, you can figure it out later. But I would have gone all in on this move and just make him cash in tonight. Raj, I mean, cash in the night would have been pretty special. Also in front of the Chicago crowd, also Punk losing again in minutes, right? That's telling a story right there, ain't it? Uh. <laughs> I know. Maybe... I liked the match. I did not hate the segment as much as Raj. I thought it worked. I, 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 no, no, I liked it. I thought uh, I thought it was good pay-per-view overall. Yeah. yeah. Ups and downs. Issa, your final take. Five, uh, five-star five rating system. What do you what you got here? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd, give it, I'd give it three. Three. I'd give you? it three and a half. I, okay. I think it was... My second favorite AEW pay-per-view of the year. Uh, Revolution was great this year. Um, I thought the last last card back in, uh, what is it, Double or Nothing, wasn't as great. So this was better. It was a step up, not quite as crowded. But, man, Revolution was just a perfect show here. Yeah. Agreed. But let's talk. I'm sorry, you said go ahead. No, I said I agree. Let's talk about what happened after the fact here. Um, Gaming Sage Pro, go back and watch the media scrum with Punk and look at TK's face when Punk started talking. Oh my God, I'm dead. Raj played the clips earlier in the show. CM Punk tore down the, the comments about Colt Cabana bringing up his mother, bringing up um, the executive VPs stirring the, stirring the pot here. This was some wild stuff. We got some theories out there um, that it might be a work. Yeah, Sega Genesis, I'm fell flat because it's never been, it's all been some kind of 4D elaborate yeah, work. It's definitely not a work, a but it's, uh, it's not a work. <laughs> I think Sega Genesis is saying maybe the main event was the work with MJF. That was, yes, that was the work. But let's talk about the post-game comments that Punk made um, that's kind of generating all the buzz right now. Um, where do we start with this? Uh, Raj, you got thoughts. I'll start with you, man. Punk went off in the media scrum. Is that a work or is this legitimate? <clears throat> it's not a work. Um, look, Punk hates Cabana. That's not a uh, a shock. Um, fuck, man. I don't know. Isa, man, that was those are some harsh words from Punk to. Mm-hmm. I mean, his boss is essentially right. I mean, his it appears like there was a lot more to it, too. So I just really just want to go and, you know, see what all was said. Because I, my timeline is that's all they're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah, any other insight into kind of what's happening? Here? CM Punk is trending on Twitter. Um, yeah. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com reporting there's some big heat already on CM Punk from his comments at the AEW post-show scrum. I'll have more on Fightful Select shortly after our post-show. John Alba, of course, noted reporter. I've been in thousands of press conferences and interviews in my life. Only one or two times across all sports have I ever been involved in anything that remotely was in the same realm of that CM Punk presser. Um, of course, we got our own Nick Halsman on the scene. Let me see if he's got any additional insight here. Um, man, um, I don't I don't see much else going on there, but uh yeah, this seems like this is just um it's a shit show. A shit show in the making. Like, yeah. like, I just, 
this is crazy that he would feel empowered. He just won the title. He's again the face of the company. I, I, I'm kind of torn. Like, um, yeah, Dude, Denise Salcedo saying crazy. Of the EVP, see, he clearly has an opinion, which fuck, good for him. I feel like I got to do some research, so I don't want to say it too strongly, but I don't disagree with Punk here, and I don't know that I have a huge issue because. He's bringing up stuff that has been trudged out a million times in the last decade. I think it is weird, though, that he called out the, his EVPs in this moment, and this is his chance um, to air his dirty laundry about all the backstage shenanigans and Hangman Page even. like The issue here, right, is we have Hangman Page, best friends with the Bucks, who are EVPs, and of course, um, Kenny Omega, EVPs of this company. He's kind of caught in the middle of all this. Tony Khan obviously loves Punk. Um, it is, it's, It is a freaking disaster piece of a locker room with all of these different things going on and uh it's fucking crazy i don't know man what do uh, isa what do you bail me out here like what is what is going on here this lock, how did the locker room get this bad <laughs> right i don't know i don't know just a lack of structure yeah possibly Man, I think CM Punk just pissed how his Chicago crowd cheered for MJF like a baby face. That's not what's happening here. It's not CM Punk. No, it's not, but they turned on him real quick. (laughs) He went off on how... That's awesome. Baxter, I lost all respect for Punk. Tim Mickle says, eat some bread, Raj. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Who is that guy? Uh, Fuck him. Well, he's just like, you know, looking out for you there. Um... Yeah, so I, I think there's a lot more to come on this, um, and uh, we will see. I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm here looking through Twitter here, trying to see what else is going on here. But, um, man, him to go off on a, a couple of guys here. We all know Punk's got a little bit of an ego, but it just seems like what a time. He's the world champion. You can't – can you pull him? Can you suspend him? If you're Tony Khan, Issa, how do you handle this? Do you let him go? He's You put all your faith and all your eggs in him? I have no idea. I really just, I guess I, I really want to see exactly what was said when led to the comments. I just want to watch the press conference. Um, I just want to just, you know, before we, we'll, we'll hit up NXT um, real quick here. But can I share, um, let me see if I can just share this wonderful picture. Um, oh, nope, not allowed to do it. I don't have, uh, I don't have preferences to share it. There's a beautiful picture of Tony Khan smiling at the camera as a bloody CM Punk sits next to him. So it was probably before um, <laughs> all the shit went down, but it looks so wonderful. Let's just imagine they're yeah, brother. together. Yeah, bro. All right, let's do NXT really quick. I know we got a couple of thoughts on that, and then we will uh, get out of here. So Worlds Collide happened today. Great show from top to bottom. Um, Ron Breaker successfully unified the NXT Championship, NXT UK Championship against Tyler Bate. Mandy Rose, she unified the NXT Women and NXT UK Championship. The Creed Brothers, um, won a fatal four-way um, to, I'm sorry, the Creed Brothers not went pretty deadly, won a fatal four-way to unify the NXT Tag Team Championship and NXT UK Championship. Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet fought a great battle that Ricochet lost for the NXT North American Championship. And then, of course, Katana Chance and Caden Carter um, just defeated Dewdrop and Nikki Ash for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Issa, I know you watched the show, Raj. I know you didn't make it to it, which is quite all right. Issa, Thoughts on this show? What matches stood out to you? What did you like? What did you not like? Yeah, Brown Breaker. I thought he had a great match. I also thought Mandy Rose looked great. I thought it was a fun show overall. Yeah. Loved it. I Ricochet match. Um, 
Carmelo Hayes, one of the matches of the weekend. Am I right? You should. Loved it. Loved it. It was a great match. Mandy Rose looked phenomenal, I thought as well. So I enjoyed the. If you haven't checked it out, got lost in the shuffle, y'all, please go check out the uh, NXT uh, Worlds Collide event from earlier today. It was great. Well, I think that's it. We all got lots to go catch up on. This is just mind blowing news here with CM Punk. There's so much happening. So, um, yeah, 90 minutes. I think that's our time here. We uh, did the Broadway, as they say. So, um, listen, Issa, Raj, I just want to thank you both for joining me this evening. It's been a lot of fun. Um, chat room, thank you. Um, before I let you go, Issa, what do you want to plug from Output Over? I'm good. All right. Issa says she's good. I am Michael <laughs> Wiseman here. Everybody who joins us in the chat room, thank you so very much. Uh, join us back here tomorrow night. I will not be here, um, but you'll have a lovely group of panelists here um, immediately following Raw tomorrow night. And um, yeah, just thanks for hanging out. Remember, Wrestling Inc. is where you go for all your pro wrestling news, views, uh, views, everything else in between. Um, we love y'all. We will uh, see y'all at the next one. Peace. <laughs>